What's up guys, welcome to episode 4 of the Superpower Newscast. Today I am very excited to announce that it's going to be the Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler review. And I will be joined by a special guest, Dylan Hader, to talk about it. Hope you guys enjoy, and let's get right into the podcast. Welcome back to episode 4 of the Superpower Newscast. I'm your host, Owen Pasai, and today I am joined by Dylan Hader. What's going on, guys? It's Dylan Hader, and I'm back for my second episode of the Superpower News uh, Podcast. Yeah, super excited. And today's topic is something that I have been quite quite excited about ever since I saw this movie for the first time. Today's episode is the Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler review. Uh, I'm excited. Yep. However, before we can get into today's main topic, there is a bit of news that has dropped in the past few days since the last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. So, Entertainment Weekly has given us our first looks at the new suit for the Arrowverse heroes. First up, Supergirl has pants. A Melissa Benoist says she feels like it is finally time, and that dropping the skirt makes Supergirl feel more adult. And with everything yeah. that's happened in the past few seasons, yeah, she definitely deserves that. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't make sense at all to have her like have a skirt on and just make her feel more of a kid instead of an adult. Um, but another suit, another uh, suit change for the Arrowverse heroes. Uh, comes with Arrow having his hair back. Now, Oliver having short hair definitely made sense with everything that happened in Season 7. Oh yeah, of course. All the prison storyline. Yeah, the entire prison storyline, it made sense for him to have short hair because in prison, you probably will get your hair cut. Yep. However, now that we are on the 8th and final season of Arrow, I am quite glad that Oliver Queen is going back to his good old original haircut. Because that yeah. was my that was my favorite one. Um, on to Legends, however, White Canary's suit looks exactly the same. I'm pretty sure that the, the fact that the Legends barely wear their suits limit the amount that their suits can change over time. Yeah, honestly, I don't think that you really need to change any of the Legends suit because they barely wear them. Like in the past, in season four the only episode that they wore their suits on was the finale, and the only reason they wore them is because they were trying to masquerade as actual heroes for a play. Like, Yeah. I like their suits, but I think everything in Legends is working out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batwoman's uh, suit looks the same as it did in Elseworlds, um, but the Flash is now running around without his cowl. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not what it's actually going to wind up being in Season 6. Probably just so they could show his face on the cover of the magazine. His new yeah. suit definitely looks nice, though. Hopefully, oh, the, yeah. hopefully the chin strap comes back. Yeah, the chin strap... Um, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of the suit that he had in Season 6. But, like, it, his Season 6 suit was still good. But without the chin strap, I don't think it captures the iconic Flash look. 
No. I like that the new suit, it has less designs around the entire suit. It lets the lightning bolt on the chest pop. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, well, what's flashed with that lightning bolt icon? Like, honestly. That's his iconic suit from the comics, and I'm glad they have it in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Not as high-tech as his suit that was in the DCEU, but... Oh, yeah. Honestly. I, I think this makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking to the Arrowverse... Apparently, according to KD Lotz, Sarah Lance is going to be getting a superpower in Season 5 of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Apparently, it is some kind of magical illness that will come with its challenges, for sure. Hmm. Um, so, I really don't have any opinion on this. I don't watch a lot of Legends of Tomorrow, um, so don't really know a lot of Legends, so... Yeah, not too much on this. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to let you explain this entire one, because I know you're... Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Legends fan. However, I still don't really have too much to say about this. It'll be a lot easier to discuss once the Arrowverse shows come back, and there will definitely be a lot more discussions once the episodes start churning in. Legends isn't returning until after the winter break, so we'll have to wait a while to see what happens with this. First time we're going to be see the Legends is in Crisis. And we'll talk a little bit more th- about that later. However, yeah. would you like to take the third piece of news? I sure will. Uh, Taka Watiti uh, has been hired to direct the fourth Thor movie, making Thor the first Marvel hero, and hopefully not the last, to break the rule of three. I am super excited that Taika Watiti is back. Ragnarok yeah. is my third favorite Marvel film of all time. And I'm very excited to see what he can do with a fourth Thor movie. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, from his work with Thor Ragnarok, um, going from Thor the Dark World being, like, sort of, like, serious, and if Malekith gets, like, a hold of Reality Stone, then all the Nine Realms are, like, gone, like, destroyed, and... Da-da-da! And, you know, blah, 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 you have to stop him at any means necessary. To go into Thor Ragnarok going for more of a comedy approach and having it work with Thor, As I'm ex- Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. As yeah. soon as you saw Thor monologuing in a cage to a skeleton, you knew something good was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that... Wait, sorry, do you have anything else to say? Oh, no, I'm... Alright, that basically wraps up the news. Without any ado, let's jump right into the Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler review. And here we are, Spider-Man Far From Home. What do you think of this movie? Honestly, watching it for the first time in theaters only, like what? Three days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Three days ago. Um, it was a really good movie. Like, probably up there, but definitely below, like, Endgame. Um, but still, really good movie. Uh, like the directing of it and, you know, everything that happened, the which mo- we will get into soon. Yeah. The movie in general was a nice palate cleanser over the amazing, dramatic, sad, funny, exciting, 
the amazing movie that was Avengers Endgame, this was a great way to follow it up. Yeah, honestly, and with Tom Holland's Spider-Man um, sort of dealing with Tony not being there anymore because of what happened at the end of Avengers Endgame and seeing him deal with him trying to be the next Iron Man or you know, just trying to be Spider-Man, it really shows that there is, like, people, like, the people that directed this movie put a lot of emotion into the character of Peter Parker. I'm quite glad that they made this movie the end of Phase 3 and not the start of Phase 4, because oh, yeah. they needed some way to wrap up all everything that's going to happen after Tony Stark's death. The yeah, opening... Honestly. The opening credit, the op- everything that happened during and after the title or the Marvel logo in this movie is probably my favorite Marvel opening of all time. The I Will Always Love You tribute scene to all of the Fallen Avengers on the newscast at the school was amazing. It was hilarious. And the way that they made it, the I Will Always Love You, it's oh, almost yeah. like they were speaking from the fans. Like... Even though these guys are gone, they've played a huge part in this Infinity Saga. And and they will not be forgotten for what they did for the entirety of the uh, yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. The way that the, once, the, once the broadcast pans down to Peter talking to Ned about his plan with MJ, the way that they said, it's time to move on to a new phase of our lives, it was literally Marvel talking to the fans. Okay. We're done with three phases. The Infinity Saga is over. It's time to move on to a new phase. It was beautifully worded. Uh-huh. It was probably my favorite Marvel opening of all time. And that's including the Stan Lee tribute that start the beginning of Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, I think we just kind of skipped to that. There was a scene that happened before the Marvel logo in this movie. Um... It was the scene that was previewed at the end of the Avengers Endgame re-release, and it shows Maria Hill and uh, Nick Fury driving through the desert and finding going to a town that has been destroyed by a cyclone with a face. That's where they meet Mysterio, and they see the big sand demon, and then it cuts to the Marvel logo. And then I just realized, before we move on to the rest of this, I want to issue a huge spoiler warning for Spider-Man Far From Home. If yes. you didn't know that yet, then may- maybe look at the title before you start the video. Yeah. Either way, just figure I should pop that out there before we move on to the more spoilery parts of this. Yeah. So yeah, jumping back to after the newscast recording, uh, do you want to take it from there or should I keep going? Uh, I think you should You know, keep going until... You know, after, like, well, the plane. Yeah, we can keep switching back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so Peter jumps down, talks to Ned about his plan to how to get together with MJ, take her to the top of the Eiffel Tower, give her the necklace, the Black Dahlia murder thing, and give it to her, tell her how he feels, blah, blah, blah. MJ shows up, a bunch of stuff happens, we get a nice scene with Aunt May and Peter at a scene that was shown in the trailers about how they're helping the people who were displaced or created homeless by the blip. Because a lot of people were blipped or snapped away, and they came back and there was somebody else living in their house. And that wouldn't be a good feeling. 
that wouldn't be something that you would like to happen. We've, there's been a lot of jokes going around the internet about how people are just sitting in their house and suddenly a robber blips back into existence and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we get the scene with them helping at the homeless sh shelter. Hi. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff happens. They go back to their apartment. Peter's packing for his trip. We get a scene that turns out to be very important for the movie where... Aunt May throws a banana at Peter, and his spider sense, or as they're calling it now, the Peter Tingle, doesn't activate. <laughs> Love that name. Um, yeah, obviously. It shows how Peter's powers are actually directly related to his emotions. He's sad about Tony, and suddenly, hey, his Peter Tingle, or spider sense, isn't working. And the only time that it starts to work is at the end, when he realizes... He doesn't have to live up to Tony. Not even Tony could live up to Tony. The nice speech that we get from Happy. And, yeah. And then we wind up on the plane. Yeah. So, really, nothing eventful happens on the plane. It, you know, normal plane stuff. We do get this one really funny scene on the plane where Peter, like, goes to the bathroom and, like... <laughs> Comes out of the bathroom, immediately sees um, MJ, and then just goes straight back into the, into the bathroom, cleans everything up, you know, and then comes out, and then there's, uh, who was it again? Brad. MJ's not there. Yeah. Brad's there. Yeah, Brad. yeah, and then Brad is just right in front of him, and he's like, not there. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And, yeah, just goes back onto, like, goes back to his seat. And, but, yeah. Nothing really eventful happened on the plane. You got that one funny scene, or or no? Uh, yeah, I guess I guess something eventful kind of happened of Ned like getting a girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, Ned and Betty. Yeah, like they they like hooked up on the plane and um, they stayed together for however long the trip was. <laughs> the people. Something I'd like to mention here. The people who made this movie are amazing at making everything feel like actual high school. Oh, yeah. yeah everything no, that uh, happens in this movie, the relationships, the emotions, they are amazing at capturing how actual high school kids feel. <laughs> it is very, very well done. Yeah. All of everybody, Peter trying to go sit by MJ, Ned and Betty's short-lived relationship... Yeah, it's very well done. Just like Homecoming, yeah. John Watts. Oh, yeah. I think John. It was John Watts who directed this film, I believe. Uh, he he does a very good job of capturing the high school kid. Oh, so I'm just searching yeah. up the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was John Watts. Uh, John Watts. Yeah, because he did Homecoming and he did Far From Home. And in both movies, there's a very well-done representation of high school kids. <laughs> yeah. Either way, they land in Venice. And very nice montage showing a lot of Venice. You see all the kids exploring, and you see Peter buying the necklace for MJ. Yep. You see some more scenes with Ned and Betty. And they get to the hotel, and everybody hates the hotel because it's underwater. <laughs> not, not exactly underwater. But it's the floor no, is wet. It, it, it's just it just doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. Construction. Um, and then, and yeah. 
they basically yeah. the day happens they go back to the room and that's where the movie really kicks into full gear yeah so after they you know get there and like they like unpack and everything and they go for how long was it like five ten minutes yeah something like that yeah it was something around there um but yeah like they go out for 10 minutes and they get 10 minutes of to do whatever the hell they want in venice um you see um oh crap what's his name again um flash thompson do his like whole like pod their like live what's up flash mob yeah the flash mob thing um random guy comes and just sacks him right there yep um but you know you just see like a montage of like and then you see the water you know start to move like a, a little unnaturally it's a normal day in venice until it's not yeah and then so like you like you know peter goes buys the necklace for mj and it cuts back to the water and then all of a sudden, boom! H, yeah, boom! Hydro Man, or I guess, yeah, Hydro Man, comes out and starts attacking Venice. And you know, Peter's suit—it's in the hotel, so he doesn't have you know, like the Spider-Man suit. And of this, course, Ned, yeah. Ned already knows um, from Homecoming that he's Spider-Man. And so he tells Ned, you know, get everybody to safety and blah 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 blah. And then, you know, he starts to, you know, try and fight this Hydro, the Hydro Man, and then Mysterio happens. This is the first scene that we get of Mysterio actually in full action. The stuff that we saw at the beginning was interesting. We saw Mysterio for the first time. We saw Nick and Hill meet him. But this is the first time we see Mysterio in action. And it is insane. Mm Mm-hmm. You can see yeah. his glowy green triangles and smoke, and he's fighting Hydro, definitely not made of drones, man. It's not till later. <laughs> and, yeah, we get an awesome fight scene. Peter helps out a bit. Yeah. Eventually, Mysterio defeats Hydro, definitely not made of drones, man. P- Peter's yeah. saving a bunch of towers. Yeah. You can see... And- there's a cool part where Peter puts on one of the masks from the crowd so that nobody recognizes him. Although he's still wearing the exact same clothes, so I'm not sure how good of a disguise that mask was. I don't know. I mean, uh, people at party wear those masks and nobody recognizes them, so... Yeah. Eventually, everything works out well. Like, there's yeah. no way Peter's ever going to get his identity revealed, is there? <laughs> um... But so after the uh, <laughs> so after the entire fight with Hydro Man and Mysterio, uh, of course Peter um, meets Mysterio. Mysterio tells him, "Good job, you really hold your own." And they go away, and Mysterio goes, um, I guess, back to Nick Fury. And then uh, Peter and or, yeah, like Peter. Peter, yeah, Peter and Ned, they go, you know. Everybody goes back to their rooms, you know, sleep. And then, you know, Peter walks through the door. Ned starts walks through the door, and then Bang. starts to the neck. And then we you see, see Nick, Nick Fury. <laughs> I didn't know what we were going to do there. You see yeah. Nick Fury sitting in a chair, looking as badass as always. 
He's mad. He is pissed yeah. off. Yep, because earlier in the movie, Spider-Man has basically ignored him. Spider-Man is ghosting Nick Fury. Yeah. And that's yeah. always a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You know, ghost the guy who runs probably one of the most uh, the powerful most. companies. The most high-tech intelligence company. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so Nick Fury goes into, you know, Peter's room, tranks Ned, um, explains, you know, everything, and then... We get a people... very... Yeah. We yeah. get a very hilarious scene there, worth mentioning, that reminded me a lot of the Ragnarok scene of Surtur's monologue about how he's going to destroy Asgard, and as the chain keeps turning, Thor keeps, wait a minute, and comes yeah. back around. This reminded me a lot of that, of how Fury's trying to monologue about how these elementals are going to come and destroy the world, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. everybody keeps knocking on the door. Betty's yeah. looking for Ned. The teacher's talking about counseling. That was just hilarious. And it's yeah. a great show of how Marvel is different from the DC. Because DC mm -hmm. makes everything has to be epic and dark in the monologues. Yeah, it's Marvel, super serious. Yeah. Marvel but can put humor in there. Yeah. Marvel's not afraid to add a little bit of humor into, into their movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, after the whole hotel scene with Nick Fury and Spider-Man and him training um, Ned, then they go back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. hideout there, where Peter and Mysterio sort of meet again, but they actually, you know... They meet as technical people for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Fury, uh, Spider Fury takes Spider-Man to his... Travelable Shield Venice base, and they have the whole talk about how these elementals are coming. They're gonna destroy the world, and Mysterio's working with Spider-Man. Oh, and also yeah. something that's very important to mention here: on the boat on the way there, Fury gives Peter Tony Stark's glasses. That's oh, yeah. gonna play a big part in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So Fury gives um, Peter Tony's glasses, like the whole like technical. Like technology, the Edith computers. glasses, Edith. Yeah. But we don't discover yeah. that till later. Um, yeah, Peter gives Tony the glass. Tony, sorry, Nick gives Peter Tony's glasses. There's lots of people in these movies. Yeah, there is. Um, and they have the whole talk, and Nick tells Peter that they're going to Prague. Pretty yeah, sure it's Prague, Prague to Prague. fight the most dangerous of the elementals, which is the Fire One, who Fire Elemental. the person who destroyed. Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Yeah. Mysterio's, I'm doing air quotes now, Earth. Um, he tells Peter to come to Prague, and Peter says, no, he wants to go on his trip with his class. They're going to go to Venice, he's going to go meet up with MJ, all that stuff. And Nick yeah. Fury says, fine, you go yeah. do that, and we'll save the world. And then we get a very hilarious scene the next morning after Peter goes back, where Peter's talking to Ned, and says, I don't want to go to Prague. Teacher walks yeah. out. Great news, we're going to Prague. Yeah, that was just great news. We just got randomly upgraded. So yeah, now we are going to Prague. Prague. That was great. That was super hilarious. Everyone in the theater yeah. laughed for that. Yeah, and then we we, we meet after... the bus, the bus yeah. driver Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri. <laughs> and while everybody is getting on the bus, Peter 
says the line that is really oh is probably the funniest line in this movie, which was I think Nick Fury just hijacked our school field trip. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was great. Mm-hmm. And then, and then get, look, the scene on the bus, which honestly is probably my least favorite scene in the movie. It was funny, but it just felt kind of forced. Yeah. It was good. Where Peter puts on the glasses, he starts learning what they're about. They're named Edith, which is beautiful because Tony Stark's acronym, Even Dead, I'm the Hero. Exactly yeah. what Tony Stark would have done. 100% yeah. pure Tony. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. You get that? And then they... Not too much happens on that part of the trip. No, and then they, you know, stop, give the class 10 minutes to, you know, do whatever, you know, get food, go to the bathroom. Um, Peter goes uh, to one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, I think, right? Yeah, he goes to a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent yeah. for Venice. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent um, who gives him a new suit. Uh, a very forceful S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, let's put it yeah, like that. Yeah, very forceful, might I add. Um, she forces him to take off his clothes and change yeah. into yeah. the suit to see how it fits. Mm-hmm. But during, as Peter has his pants off, Brad walks in. And yeah. screw Brad. Brad's a jerk. Yeah. No, Peter, Peter definitely got caught with his pants down. Yep, that was awkward. <laughs> so Brad walks in. He talks with Peter about how, Peter, I know you're going after MJ, and so am I. But he takes a picture of Peter. And this is one of my most argued about points in the film. I don't want Brad to show the picture to MJ, obviously. But there's so many better ways for him to do it than spend 20 minutes on the bus before he gives it to her. Like, he could just walk out of there, walk over to MJ and show it to her. But, no, he has to wait till it's on the bus and give Peter a chance to order a death strike on him with a drone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, order... Is just order a drone to try and kill his classmate, which then he has to stop. But I think we should. Keeps taking his fucking glasses. Let's put it on. Let's put on the record that Peter did not purposely order a death strike on Brad. Peter was trying to delete the photo because I don't think yeah. that came across very clearly when he mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Peter like said that Brad was a target, and Edith took it as oh. Okay, Brad's Brad's a bad guy. Let's kill him. So they send a drone from a from space down to fucking down to the bus, and Peter has to like sort of improvise his way out of this so he doesn't kill his classmate. It's a very cool. It's a very well shot scene where okay. Peter tells everybody, "Look that way, baby mountain goats." Then he yeah. spins the bus, and the top door opens, and he gets, he's able to jump out and web the drone. That yeah. was a very well-shot, epic scene. Mm-hmm. However, I just don't like... I understand that they had to introduce the drones in space, so that when Mysterio got control, he can hack it with Edith. But I feel like there were just better ways to do that. I don't know. Yeah. It worked out yeah. in the end. Yeah, it was a pretty cool shot, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, bunch of stuff happens, and... They get to Prague. Yeah. And this class trip is just completely messed up so many different times. I'm, Ola, I'm not entirely sure how the teachers on the trip, like, thought that they were just being upgraded for free and thought that they had to, 
they didn't even think that someone had to be like screwing with doing, their trip. Yeah, effing like screwing with their trip, and like honestly. Anyway, so they get to the hotel, and it's very fancy. It's a very nice hotel. Oh yeah, it is. And so they get there, and they say, "Okay, everybody, you have a bit of time to get ready," and then we're going to this this party that looks like actually a lot of fun. This. Uh, it was a- yeah, the carnival, the carnival of lights, or something like that. And Peter has to go off, and he meets Nick Fury. Yeah. Who, even though he's being played by Talos, is a complete jerk. Yeah, you. Yeah, honestly, this is probably the movie that Nick Fury is basically a giant asshole. Yeah. Well. He kind of, so Peter gets there, and Peter's like, I don't want to go fight fire monsters, I want to go hang out with my friends. Especially if the fact that, hey, my class is here, I don't want them to get hurt by giant fire monsters. But, eventually that doesn't really work out. He tries to save his class. Yeah. But, again, I guess before we get to that, there's a very nice scene on the roof of Mysterio talking to Peter. That just shows how... Peter has an empty hole in his life. Tony Stark is gone. His Uncle Ben's gone. Tony's gone. Yeah, like he's he trying has... to find someone to fill this yeah. hole. And this the first person he's father figure hole. Yeah, the first person that he finds is unfortunately somebody who's trying to be mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bad way of saying it. But event un- unfortunately, the first person that he finds is Mysterio. Um, and we'll get to why that's unfortunate, uh, later in the, uh, podcast. Yeah. Either way. So they have a nice scene on the roof. Peter drops down. He tries to find a way to keep his class inside. Which, even though his class doesn't know it's Peter, they're not very happy about. The only person, just two people in his class that are tentatively happy about that, and that is the teacher, who I feel really bad for this teacher. I feel really, really bad for this teacher. He's just trying to be cool, trying to take his class on a nice trip. Everything keeps messing up. Yeah. But eventually stuff happens, and they get to the opera house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so first, um, instead of going to the carnival, they had, like, this, like, I guess, glow, like, stick sort of, like... It's a par- carnival of lights. Carnival of lights. Yeah, but no, they didn't go to the carnival. They no. had, like, some sort of, like, glow stick balloon animal, like, showing. Yeah. Like that. And then they went to the opera house, which everybody was totally against, and Ned is just basically saying, no, let's go to the opera house. Let's go, it'll be fun. But he's only doing that because of Peter. He's yeah, only doing that because he knows Peter is Spider-Man, yeah. and he's trying to help them all. Yeah. And, like, keep him inside and all that. Yeah. But, stuff happens, they get to the opera house, and Peter has to leave to go fight the fire demon. Yeah. MJ follows him, because she likes Peter, even though she doesn't yeah. want to admit it yet. And Betty says to Ned, where do, you, where do you think she's going? I bet they're going to the carnival. Let's go. And Ned's oh. just like, no, no, no. But eventually, he, she does drag him along. Uh, once yeah. again, a very well done representation of teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that happens. And eventually, Fire Demon shows up. Yep, the last and strongest of the elementals yep. um, show up and starts 
destroying the carnival and putting literally everybody in danger. And Ned and Ned whatever. And, yeah, Ned and Betty had decided that, yeah, yeah let's go on a... Oh, what are they called? Let's go on the Ferris wheel. So yes, Ferris wheel. You don't like being in, you know, big crowds. Yeah. Away from the crowds and yada, yada, yada. Great then, idea to save that is by going high up. And as they're high up, Fireman, the strongest and most dangerous Fire of the yeah. elementals, Fire shows up. Fire elemental shows up. And but, there's a very cool fight scene between Spider-Man, uh, sorry, Night Monkey and Mysterio against the yeah. elemental. Yeah, Night uh, Monkey and Mysterio versus Fire Elemental, which in the end, they Mysterio goes and sacrifices himself by, like, charging up his powers. And then kind of just exploding. Yeah, just going straight into the Fire Elemental and then exploding while he's in the Fire Elemental. First thing that should have tipped Peter off is the fact that he didn't die there. Yeah, he didn't die. And, and oh, something else important that happens during the fight. MJ's have MJ's hiding behind a wall, and Peter webs something, and it's invisible, and he pulls it, and it just goes flying away, and he yeah. doesn't really think too much of that. That plays in a lot later. Yeah, and so when MJ sees that, she picks it up, puts it in a bag, in like her bag, and runs, runs away. away. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. And then the whole Mysterio charges his powers, flies into the elemental, explodes, kills survives, it. kills the elemental, and then eventually all, Shield shows up. Yeah, Shield shows up. They invite Nick Fury. Uh, sorry, they invite Mysterio and Spider-Man or Spider-Man, my monkey, to Berlin. Yeah. Mysterio takes up the invitation, says he'll go with them. Spider-Man just wants to go back on his trip, so Peter yeah. just goes back on his class trip. But not before him and Mysterio, or him and Quentin Beck, go and have a drink. Yes. Spider-Man has lemonades, or sorry, Peter yeah. has lemonades, and Quentin has his nice, cold, holographic, <coughs> sorry, I didn't say anything, beer. Yeah. Um, now, what really should have, I think in this, like, the whole, like, bar scene, what should have ticked, like, Peter, like, in one way where... He shouldn't trust Quentin Beck. They are still in their costumes. Yeah, and nobody says anything about and that. And no one says anything. And they have their masks off, so yeah. everybody can see who they are. That That's kind of suspicious. But yeah. also, Quentin Beck is an amazing actor. Yeah, the, like, the way that he plays off, oh, he doesn't want Edith's glasses, and that just convinces Spider-Man that he needs them more. Yeah. Anyway, during this bar scene, they talk, and Spider-Man talks about how he wants to go back with MJ, and Mysterio wants... Yeah, <laughs> they have a nice conversation. Yeah, so... And Spider-Man realizes, maybe Tony didn't give me the glasses because he wants me to be the next Tony Stark. He knew that I wasn't ready. He d this is not what Tony meant, but this is what Spider-Man's thinking. He knew I wasn't ready. He just wants me to choose who's going to be the next Iron Man. Hey, I know a guy who flies around in a cool suit with tech. Maybe he should be the next Iron Man. So he transfers control of the Edith glasses to Mysterio and leaves. Yeah. And then we get one of a very insanely well-done monologue 
So, first things first, after Spider-Man leaves, a bunch of the bar fades away, a bunch of the people fade away, leaving only the members of Mysterio's team. And he cheers, and he says a bunch of stuff about Tony Stark, and we get one of my favorite callbacks ever. Yeah. To yeah. the scientist who was working with Obadiah Stane, and everything that happens with... Oh. Everything that happens oh. in the thing where... He, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps, and yeah. the scientist that he told that to is part of Mysterio's team. And there were so many great callbacks in there about how Quentin yeah. Beck built Barf, and was yeah. so upset then, that Tony Stark named it Barf. Yeah, and then he was also upset that he was fired immediately after. Um, we have a callback to, of course, when Obadiah is yelling at the scientists that where Tony built an arc raft, an arc reactor um, from a box of scraps. Um, more, and then we have like more people. More people, but um, none, of, none of them have the cool callbacks, so I'm not yeah. going to bother with that. Yeah, but, but like, then, you know, people that Tony has either fired, like has fired, um, and then they've joined yeah. Quentin Beck. After Tony has died to gain control yeah. of all of Tony's technology that they created. The main thing they're upset about is that Tony, when Tony Stark died, who did they give Edith to? To them? To the people that he worked with? No. To a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. They were pissed about that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, that about marks the halfway point here. So, before we get into the next half of the movie... Um, let's just issue a second spoiler alert. Just in case nobody had noticed, this is definitely going to be filled with spoilers, and you do not want to be spoiled for this film, especially the stuff we're going to be talking about in the second half of this. Yeah, the second half is definitely, if you haven't seen it before, you want to see it before you get anything spoiled, because the second half of the movie is... It's insane. It's a it's a lot better without any spoilers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you want to keep us off? Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So after that entire um, bar scene where Mysterio tricks Parker into giving him the gla- the Edith glasses, um, I believe Peter goes back to the hotel and asks Mary. Or MJ, sorry, it's not Mary Jane. Well, I guess, I guess it is Mary Jane, but... It, I think it's Michelle. Okay, whatever. I'm not sure. But MJ, and Peter asks MJ to go on, like, a whole, like, walk type thing. You know, kind of just like a walk type. Yeah, Peter goes back, Ish. and he finds out that the trip has been cancelled, because every, all the, everybody's parents are afraid. Yeah. Yeah, ev- ev- all the kids' parents are just worried and all of that, and so the, the trip is canceled, and you know Peter's entire plan of you know like spending time with MJ and like you know confessing his feelings for her that's kind of gone out the window at this point. Yeah. So he gets the nerve um, to knock on MJ's door and. Ask her, ask her out on somewhat of a little date type thing. They both want. They both went on that walk for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go out onto the bridge, and Peter's about to tell MJ all that stuff about how he likes her. 
And then she says, probably the biggest surprise of the movie. Peter says, I just wanted to tell you something. And she says, yeah, you're Spider-Man. Oh, that was laugh. I laughed so hard there. That was... Yeah, I mean, wasn't it, like, shown in the trailer where it was just... Yeah, I think it was shown in one of the trailers, but it also... The, but, they show scenes that aren't in the movies in the trailers a lot. Yeah, but still, like... Like, MJ kind of just telling, like, ask Peter. Or basically, just outright telling Peter that she knows that he's Spider-Man. The great way that they did it is that she's so confident throughout the entire conversation but then so surprised once he actually does admit it does yeah. admit it yeah. she's like are you're not you're not kidding with me because i was only like 67 percent sure yeah yeah because like right after she you know says like you're spider-man he goes on and denies and like denies it and then the device that yes that she picked up from the um fire elemental attack she pulls that out and like drops it or something and it activates and it shows the earth or no it's the it shows the elemental. air one it shows the air one yeah it was the air elemental the one, only um, one that we didn't actually see mysterio fight yeah yeah so it reveals the air elemental and that mysterio basically faked everything and then that's when peter goes yes i'm spider-man yada 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 and then she's a like, oh really she's I so right. surprised i was only I was only like 67% sure and yada 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 and then they go back to the hotel and you get Peter... another very funny scene how how Ned goes in to talk to Peter when Peter's changing into a Spider-Man suit with MJ yeah. Yeah. and he's coming up with all these excuses for Peter and he's like yeah. you should... Peter just says she knows yeah. <laughs> I told her and MJ says he didn't tell me I figured it out <laughs> yeah She's very proud of the fact that she figured it out. <laughs> yeah, even though she was only 67% Percent sure, sure but she still figured it out. So. Yeah. So anyway, now we get into one of the most probably mind-boggling parts of the film. Peter's off to Berlin, and then that's where everything goes haywire. Yeah. So in Berlin, he goes, talks to Fury, and says, like, you know, um, Mysterio's, like, evil, and yada, 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 and all that, and, like, like he's, like, not real, and yada, yada, yada. But Mysterio entered, knew Peter was going to Berlin to tell Fury, because there's, a, because he figured out that there was one projector missing, and that MJ yeah. got it, and showed Peter. So he went to Berlin, um, hologrammed his entire conversation with fury and that was a, yeah yeah that was a beautiful sequence mm -hmm. seeing i've seen this movie twice i think you've only seen it once right yeah i've only yeah. seen it once i have to go see it second. you have you appreciate mysterio's plan so much more when you've seen this mm -hmm. movie two times because yeah. the first time you're always caught by surprise and everything like you think that oh that's actually fury blah 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 and all that things but Mysterio. when you're seeing this movie the second time you can see all of the earlier hints of mysterio's plan it's just so beautifully done yeah one of the great things mysterio does here is when he reveals to peter 
that this is all a hallucination, or not a hallucination, sorry. When he reveals to Peter that this is all fake and done with the drones and projections, he holograms away Maria Hill, but he leaves yeah. Nick Fury, which yeah. sets up later how Peter confesses to Nick Fury because he knows that he was he was actually there. Actually, sorry, he actually thinks that he was there because Mysterio didn't take away the holographic Nick Fury the way that he took away Maria Hill. It's just, everything there is so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. So, after Peter talks to... Peter, So Peter takes the... What he thinks is the real Nick Fury up to a building in a shield base in Berlin. And he starts telling him everything that he knows about uh, Mysterio's plan. Then Peter's sometimes working, sometimes not working spider sense Peter Tingle goes off. And he tells that Mysterio's here. And Mysterio fades everything away, like we mentioned earlier, except for, uh, he fades away Maria Hill, and he shows that they're in a false building, not an actual Berlin headquarters. Yep. Everything away f then. Nick Fury. And then we get into what must have been one of the most cinematap- cinem- <laughs> I'm having troubles Sorry. with this word again. Cinematrophic, beautifully shot, amazing CGI, one of the most perfect, probably my favorite moment- just the most beautiful moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This entire sequence of... It's straight out of a comic book. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. The entire oh. sequence with Mysterio's imagery messing with Peter's head, taking advantage of how his thing isn't working. Yeah. The whole scene with zombie Iron Man jumping out of the grave. Oh, yeah. yeah Fun fact like behind... Half, half skeleton and, like, half, like... Like, have destroyed Sue. And... Fun fact behind that scene, they actually buried somebody in a mocap suit to jump out. They didn't They didn't CGI that. Oh, wow. They actually buried somebody in a mocap suit just to jump out. Damn. That, that must take some serious guts. That was great. Yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way. Yeah. It's um, cinematic. Cinematic. There we go. I know words. Don't worry. So Mysterio messes with Peter's head a whole bunch. He then pretends. Just, there's so many layers to Mysterio's plan. He's yeah. like almost the reverse Flash. Like, yeah, he has a plan for his backup plans for his backup plans. Yeah. So he has this whole scene with Peter, and then he fakes himself getting caught. He, this is still in Peter's mind prison. I'm gonna call it a mind prison. But he fakes that Nick Fury shoots him and kidnaps him. And F Fury shoots and captures Mysterio. Then Fury walks up to what Peter thinks is Peter. This is so confusing. And makes him tell Peter who Peter told about, told about Mysterio's plan. So that he could go rescue them. Yeah. Peter tells him MJ, Ned, and Ned might have told his girlfriend. And then, and then Mysterio reveals that it's all. This yeah. is just a mind mind wrap. You have to wrap your mind around this. Yeah. Yeah. His mind got put on a mind rack, and he, and he just screwed with his mind, and just. He messed with Peter's mind so much that he didn't trust Happy when he came down. Yeah. But. Yeah. Do you want to take the train part? The yeah, Netherlands. Um, so after this whole, um, I don't know, mind, mind attack, mind attack, 
mind attack that Mysterio did with Peter. It all ends with Peter falling, or did he fall, or did he walk in front of that train? He walked in front of that, because he kept, he kept backing up, backing up, backing oh, up, he, until he got off the train tracks, and the train came. Yeah, so he backed up into a, tra- into a train, train hit him, and that moment in the theater, I knew he wasn't dead, but I thought he was going to be, like, basically out for the rest of the movie. That would have been difficult, yeah. Yeah. But then you see him climb up on the side of the train, and then we see him in a Norwegian... He's in in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, he's in a Netherlands, like, prison type thing. Holding cell. (laughs) Not a very good one. Yeah. No, he just reaches through the bars, breaks the lock, and walks out. This... with a guard wearing his mask. Yeah, the, this Netherlands scene is one of the funniest moments in the movie. Just how everybody is so nice, and the guard is just like, you guys okay in there? And the prisoners just lock themselves back in. Yeah. This whole Netherlands scene is awesome. It's a yeah. great calm thing. It's a great tone coming straight onto that after Mysterio's whole mind attack. Yeah. But yeah. And then after Peter... Goes out of that Netherlands 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 prison type thing holding cell. I'm just gonna call it old. Yeah, I I wouldn't call that a prison. Yeah, Uh, the Netherlands holding cell. um, He goes up to this person, asks to borrow his phone to call, and he calls Happy. Tells Happy where he is, and then he goes into a tulip field. Uh, Shield jet comes in. Happy pops out. And then Peter asks Happy questions to, like, <laughs> to basically make sure that it's Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Ask, he asks Happy, um, what's something you only you would know? And Happy does this whole thing about what happened in Germany. Peter makes yeah. him stop because it's about to get R-rated. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they go on the, on the uh, jet. Yeah. And... That's when Peter confesses that he could never, he will never live up to Tony Stark's name. He'll never become the new Iron Man. Then Happy, this is probably Happy's best moment out of the MCU. This this talk that he has with Peter about how not even Tony could live up to Tony is just, it's just great. It's a great way to wrap up the Infinity Saga. Because you needed to have something to deal with Tony's death. This is a perfect way of doing it. Yeah, so Happy tells Peter Tony couldn't even live up to his own name. So he has a very nice moment with a very nice sentence. Just I don't completely agree with it. So Happy has that thing that says, uh, "Tell he tells Peter the only choice Tony made that he didn't second guess was picking you." Yeah. But in Homecoming, he did second guess it. I, well, yes and no, because in Homecoming, he never second-guessed that Peter, like, is Spider-Man. Like, he could be Spider-Man. Yeah, I He guess. just second-guessed him giving Peter the suit. Yeah. He didn't he... second-guess, you know, Peter being Spider-Man and being an Avenger and all that. To be he fair... He second-guessed... Yeah, keep going, sorry? Yeah. That's, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, to be fair, taking away the suit, like Tony does mention in Homecoming, is why Peter... It's how, Peter le- it's how Peter learned to grow, kind of. 
it was a very important lesson for him to have. Yeah, and like going back to the top ten, um, like Marvel DC moments on my list, I had the moment that Spider-Man started to believe in himself, and that the yeah. only thing that made him Spider-Man was him. That was the great. That was probably the greatest Spider-Man moment in cinematography. Yeah, so that's why like Tony never second guessed to um Peter. Tony being... always. Yeah, Tony always knew that Peter had it in him. He just needed a chance to prove that. Yeah. So now before we go even more off topic than we are. <laughs> yeah, we get a great moment where... Do you want to take the desi- suit design? Uh, so then we get the moment where Peter is in the back of the Quinjet. Um, after, you know, they pull up Flash Thompson's like live stream type thing to find out where they are. The fact and, that Flash Thompson yeah. saves them is honestly yeah. kind of hilarious. Yeah. Also, later in the movie, where it's like I'm, I regret like making that stupid vlog or, or like whatever, and then Happy goes up. That stupid like vlog, whatever type thing is how we found you guys. Happy. I mean, um, Flash gets that moment where it's like, Spider Man follows me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, backtracking back to where we were. Yeah. So, back to when they're in the... Is it, it's it, a Quinjet, it's a I think. Jet. It's a yeah. Quinjet. Yeah, when they're in the Quinjet, Happy's, you know, flying to Berlin. Or, London. No, London. London. Yeah. So, Happy's flying to London, and Peter's in the back, and he's doing the whole Tony Stark thing at the beginning of Iron Man 1. Yeah, literally. Yeah, where he's like, you know... Has the holograms and is like test fitting everything with the holograms, and it, you he, can just see Happy being so proud. Happy's yeah. smile there. Yeah, and you can see that transition where Peter Parker is going to be Peter Parker, and he's also sort of going to that um, point where he's turning into a, like he has a part of Tony in. He's embracing that part of becoming the new Iron Man instead of running away from it. He's never going to be the new Iron Man, but he's embracing that. He'll never be Iron Man, but he can always embrace a part of them, a part of him that is. Yeah. That's what that whole montage scene kind of resembles. We get my, the moment that angered me most in the film, where Happy puts on ACDC and Peter says, Oh yeah, I love Led Zeppelin. That made me mad. That made me very mad. <laughs> I love ACDC it, music. Yeah, but it's also um, that song is also like one of Tony's that he listened to. Yeah, it's the, the theme from. It's basically the theme song from Iron Man One, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed is kind of a play on words in that, but they were playing black and black, and Peter's going back in his red and black suit. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's kind of a cool thing to notice. So, so now... we cut to London, and we see Mysterio doing his big plan with Fury, the elemental that's bigger than all of them. It's drawing its power from the Earth's core. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then yada. Fury gets the call from Happy about the surfboard yeah. and not trusting. Yeah. So basically, Happy calls Fury and tells him, so basically, we're cleaning out Tony's thing, and he left you a surfboard, and... Uh, somebody else said, oh, Nick Fury doesn't serve. And I was like, appearances can be deceiving. <laughs> Fury just has... 
Ta well, yeah. Fury has yeah. the whole moment where he realizes what Happy's trying to say, but he also knows that he can't respond to that, so he's just like, I don't have a surfboard, and never call his number again, and shuts him down. And yeah. then he sends Hill to the roof with the rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so after that entire, I guess, moment, then we get the whole Spider-Man on the side of the Quinjet. Go, Quinjet goes up. And and then before he falls off the Quinjet, <laughs> he says the line, I'm going to have to have a talk with you and my aunt. And as he's saying that last bit of that yeah, line, he jumps off. He falls off. Happy, we're gonna have to seri we're going to have to have a serious discussion about you and my aunt. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then he falls. He takes um, the saying into the belly of the beast to a uh, new level. Yeah, and so he falls into the elemental because he knows that it's fake and it's all drones, um, and starts hitting them hitting all the drones after he lands with the modified taser webs that can now be detonated remotely. That's manually. great. Those are great. Yeah. So, taser face. Yeah. Ah. And of course, uh, it's just such a good fight. Like, such a good uh, final scene. The scene, the scene where Peter's swinging around and webbing up all the drones with his taser web. And then we cut to Mysterio, who says, oh, the drones are going a bit, little bit off course. Oh, it's probably just a flock of birds. I want to check. And he sees yeah. Peter swinging around. I'm going to kill that kid myself. Yeah. You can see Mysterio's change, where at the beginning of the movie, he kind of respected Peter for who he was. Now Peter's just pissing him off. Yeah. Yeah. The start of the movie, you know, he kind of, Mysterio kind of looked at Peter as, you know, this kid who just wanted to do, you know, what's right and, and, like, help out and all that. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the movie where he's just like, this kid is a nuisance. Get him out. Like, just, just then, I need to deal with him myself. And then the end end of the movie where he ruins Peter's life. But, you know, <laughs> you can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So we get the cool fight scene where Peter taser webs, taser webs down all of his drones, and then Mysterio just shuts the entire illusion down or he gets the person from iron man one to shut all of the illusions down yeah and suddenly there are just millions of drones floating over london yeah that was terrifying and some of them go after flash happy uh mj and MJ. betty right and ned and ned yep yeah. and chases them into the crown jewels vault yeah. and Every other one of them goes after Spider-Man. Yep. You get, like, three after that entire group of people, and then the rest of them are just on one person. Mysterio has, like, that scene from The Last Jedi, where Kylo Ren just tells all of the drones, yeah. uh, all of the Adat walkers to fire on Luke Skywalker. This is, like, uh, Mysterio just getting all of the drones to fire on Peter. By the way, in The Force Awakens, they're not Adat Walkers, they're actually Gorilla Walkers. Yep, yeah, sorry. You're thinking of uh, episode 5 there, bud. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm tired, alright? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Alright. So, we get the nice scene, it's hard to describe in a podcast, but the epic scene of Peter fighting all of the drones, mm -hmm. and an awesome 
two really cool tribute moments to Captain America in this moment. We have yeah. the scene where Peter lifts up the Tower Bridge sign and swings the modified detonator, like Cap with his hammer in Endgame. And we also get the moment back in the Crown Jewels vault where Happy chucks the shield and then just mumbles, How does Cap do that? That was perfect. Yeah, honestly, I thought, like, Happy was gonna, like, throw, like, that shield, like, as hard as he could at the, like, at the drum, and he, it just looked like he just kind of, like, tosses it. Yeah, it looked like he put all of his effort into it, and it just barely went anywhere. It was great. It was great. And I like that even though Peter was close to Tony, this movie does still have nods to Cap. Because yeah. they are the two big Avengers, along with Thor. <laughs> yeah. But Thor's still alive. These are the two that aren't going to be appearing in any more MCU movies, as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, because at the end of Endgame, one, Iron Man is dead. And two, Cap... Cap is old. Back, Cap went back in time to return everything and then came back older. Yeah. As we saw in the opening moment, going a little bit off topic again here, as we saw in the opening I Will Love You tribute, um, they th- the world sees Captain America is dead because they don't know that he went back in time. They just know that he's not around anymore. So the world sees Captain America is dead. All right, we should probably stop going off the track for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's already over an hour, so. Um, yeah, yeah, Going back to where we are, Peter defeats all the drones, swings up to Mysterio, and closes the eyelids of his suit, and just embraces his spider sense, or as it's called in this yeah. movie, the Peter Tingle. <laughs> ah. they, they're definitely going to be renaming that in the next If movie. If they don't rename that, I like the joke calling it a Peter Tingle, but I kind of wish that they would have gone with spider sense. Either way, it all works out. Peter embraces his true Peter Tingle and is able to block out Mysterio's illusions and defeat all of the drones that are coming at him. And we get a really, really cool shot here where Mysterio, or Peter, the way Peter sees it, Mysterio is down on the ground, handing the Edith glasses over, saying, these should have truly been yours. And it's like, oh, this is going to be a cliche thing where the villain turns decently good at the end. And then Peter holds out his hand and redirects, oh, Mysterio's there holding a gun to Peter's head, and yeah. Peter just reaches out a hand and grabs it. Oh, that yeah, was so perfect. Just throws the gun up so when he shoots, the bullet just misses him. Yeah. And then the hologram goes away, and you see Quentin back with the uh, Edith glasses on. Yeah. Now, can I also add... Most of this movie, it's Quentin Beck in a motion capture suit. Yes, most of this movie, it's him in a motion capture suit. Which yeah. I think is a great way to show that it shows the actors... Because when they're making the movie, they're that's the kind of suits that they're yeah. wearing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what they're wearing, unless you have like a physical costume. Like, yeah, for like example, Peter has a... a what, what's his name? Tom Holland has a physical yeah. Spider-Man suit. Yeah, like Tom Holland has a physical... Spider-Man suit, and if we go like to Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds has a full yeah. Deadpool outfit. And Cap has his suit. Black Widow has her suit. Iron Man doesn't have his suit. So on, so on. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, after we get that scene, Peter takes the glasses back and 
calls off the entire drone attack. Specifically, said, um, sorry, adding in there, he calls off the drone strike by using the words "execute them, execute them all." That's the use. That's the words he uses to call off the drone strike. Yeah, and that that'll come back to bite him in the butt. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after he calls off the drone strike, then we get the heartwarming scene of Peter and MJ finally becoming a couple. Yep. Yeah. And, and it kind of like Phantom menaces down all the drones, which is good because. As much as the cliche as that is, I like the way that they ran that. The fact that they didn't just all shut down after that, Peter actually had to shut them down. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just get Peter and everybody coming back on the plane. Peter and MJ are holding hands. Stuff like that. Betty and Ned broke up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, after Peter suggests them going on a double date, then there's like, oh, no, we, like, broke up. It's like, oh, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Well, well, you know, people get together and yeah. eventually they'll fall apart and yada yada yada. And, and so. they all, every everybody grows during the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... it, once again, this movie does an amazing job of showing, like, how these oh, people are actual teenagers. Yeah. Like, showing how an actual teenage relationship will work. Yeah. Alright. So, that basically rounds off the actual movie. Now we're into two of the best scenes in the movie, and one of my favorite cameos, not counting Stanley, in the entire MCU. And I'm going to steal that moment away from you. Alright, you have that. You take the first one, I'll take the second one. Alright. So, in the mid credit scene, so after, you know, like, the first set of credits rolls, you get the mid credit scene. So, Peter... Uh, does he? St- yeah, he starts off talking to his aunt and Happy, right? Well, he has that scene. This is at the end of the movie still. When he oh, talks, yeah. to, he talks yeah. to Aunt May and Happy, and then he swings away, picks up MJ, and they swing away yeah. to end the movie. Yeah. So the mid credit scene starts at the end of Peter and MJ's web slinging or web swinging um, experience. MJ tells Peter <laughs> that, "Okay, we are never doing that ever again." Yeah. Peter goes off to you know save crime he jumps on a lamppost and then the news broadcast comes on on like one of the, oh. on like the side yeah on the side of the building and it show okay it has uh, like yeah yeah you could you, okay. you could take this one yeah so it shows so the news says that spider-man killed Mysterio with the line execute them execute them all yeah he it blames spider-man for the all the drone strikes in london yeah it blames spider-man for the entire drone strike for um for the entire of london scene and then quinn beck in his dying words reveals the identity of peter parker or reveals the identity for Spider-Man as Peter Parker, and we get a cameo from J. Jonah Jameson. Not just any JJJ, but the J. Jonah Jameson that was in the original Tobey Maguire series. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so, so, so happy that J. Jonah Jameson is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
because now this opens the door for the next um, Spider-Man film being the villain being Green Goblin. Yeah. So, so yeah, after, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, like after Quentin Beck um, says that Spider-Man's identity is Peter Parker, J. Jonah Jameson goes on a rant saying that Spider-Man's a menace. You know, he's not to be trusted, and he and he killed the greatest superhero, Mysterio. Yeah, apparently, just like in the comics, J. Jonah Jameson is a, has a fancy for every hero except for Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He talks about how, with no doubt, Mysterio's going to go down in the history books as the greatest hero of all time. Which is just hurtful to see after watching Tony die in Endgame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, worth noting, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Daily Bugle is not a newspaper. It is more like a conspiracy website. So, that is a very interesting difference. But, on to the post-credit scene, which happens after all of the credits. And this is the one that will most likely affect the future of the MCU most drastically. So, Maria Hill and... Nick Fury are in a car and they're driving and Maria Hill is talking to Nick and saying, you have to tell him, you have to tell him. He's like, it's fine. The kid did it well. He got the glasses, blah. And then they shapeshift back into their normal skull form of Talos and his wife from Captain Marvel. So happy. That means it possibly sets up secret invasion. I'm not sure if they would do that due to the fact that the scrolls are good now, but oh my gosh. So anyway, Talos sends a video call to Nick Fury, who's just chilling on a beach. Well, it looks like a beach until, so he tells Nick Fury, yeah, it all went well. The kid got the glasses and then kind of went badly. Some guy with some really cool illusions and things like that. And I think you need you to come back because everybody keeps asking me where the Avengers are and I don't know where the Avengers are. So Nick Fury just turns off the thing without responding, gets up and claps his hands. Okay, everybody back to work. Walks out of his illusion thing onto a Skrull warship. And just like, where are my shoes? And the video ends. It was just a perfect ending for phase three. The first post-credit scene in Iron Man being ending with Nick, starting ending with Nick Fury, and the last post-credit scene of the Infinity Saga having Nick Fury. Just everything comes full circle in this, and it sets up yep. so much for Phase Four. What are your thoughts oh, on yeah. that? Uh, on the post-credit scene. Yeah. Oh man, it, like you said, it does set up really nicely for, uh, for Phase Four. And it also opens up them exploring, like, more of the galaxy. Yeah. So they did it a little bit with, you know, Guardians. But now they can sort of bring, like, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, um, what other, uh, the Celestials, like, more of the Celestials as well. Well, the Celestials will probably come in the Eternals movie, which is yeah, coming probably. up soon. Yeah. But, Question like, after all of this now. Where do you think the Captain Marvel is going to be set? Because before I saw this film, I was certain that it was going to be set after the first Captain Marvel. 
But in this movie, Talos and his wife are talking, and they mention Kree sleeper cells, which means that the Kree are not gone. That means that there's a possible chance that Captain Marvel could happen after all of the events of Endgame. What do you think about that? So, like, Captain Marvel, I at first, because, like, it's, like, sort of, like, you're talking about Captain Marvel 1, right? Yes. Okay. I'm talking so, about, when do you think the second Captain Marvel movie is going to be set in time? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, when the hell, like, when first Captain Marvel was set in the timeline. Right? No, I know when that one was set. Um, so, the second Captain Marvel movie... I have a feeling it's going to be set after Far From Home. Because yeah. at the end of Captain Marvel 1, she did send whoever the hell that guy was back to the Kree Empire yeah. to tell them that, you know, I'm yeah. not finished with you or and <laughs> yada yada yada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then something so, happens and... All those accusers become Ronan, or Ronan breaks off from the Kree to do his own thing. So we know the Kree are still around during Guardians. Yeah. And we know the Kree are still around during Far From Home. So there's really a potential that Captain Marvel could be set anywhere in the MCU timeline. We'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah. All right, I have one more question for you before we end off this spoiler review. In the third Spider-Man film... If it's going to be... Because I'm assuming it's going to be a team-up movie. Because we've had two solo Spider-Man films. We had Iron Man in the first one. There wasn't really a special team-up in this one. Who do you well, think... I mean, I mean, you could say half of it was teamed up with Mysterio. I guess, but... I mean, like, Heroes from the wider Marvel arc. Yeah. Who would you want to appear in the next Spider-Man film? Cool. This is not, like... It doesn't have to be somebody in the Marvel... MCU yet it doesn't have to be somebody that Marvel even owns I'm just saying who do you who would you like to appear in Spider-Man 3 probably named coming home again or something like that yeah probably um oh man I think I would like to see Miles Morales yes Miles Morales coming into the MCU um Gosh. But yeah, no, I think Miles Morales is like my number one, you know, sort of yeah. uh, person to come into the MCU in the uh, second or in the third Spider-Man movie. That'd be cool. I hadn't um, even considered that one. The thing I was thinking was, so if Spider-Man, also everybody knows he's Peter Parker now, isn't being blamed for the drone strikes on London, he's going to need a lawyer. And you know what a really good lawyer form, firm is? Mm. Nelson and Murdoch. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I would be so, so happy if it, the third Spider-Man film was a Daredevil team-up. Mm. I can't see it happening, but, yeah, you know. I can't either, but there's you still know, a chance. That would be so amazing if, like, Daredevil got introduced to the MCU as an attorney for Spider-Man. Daredevil would be cool. Um, if Miles Morales did come in the third Spider-Man movie, they would kind of have to change like the character 
that he plays. Yeah. Because obviously he wouldn't be able to play Spider-Man. Um, I can see them bringing in Miles Morales as, like, a cameo. Yeah. But I don't feel like... Because since this whole movie was based around Mysterio pretending that there's a multiverse, I don't feel like they're going to do an actual multiverse thing in the next Spider-Man film. They're going to yeah. set up a multiverse in maybe the second Doctor Strange, and then maybe Phase 5 will have something to do with the multiverse. I just yeah. feel like after having Mysterio messing with them about it, they're not going to do something with that super soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that about wraps us up for today. Thank you for coming, Dylan. This was quite enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, no, I hope no, I hope you guys yeah. enjoyed our spoiler review for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Mm-hmm. If you have any thoughts on it, please let us know. You can follow me on Twitter at superpowernewscast57. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Any final words, Dylan? Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Superpower uh, Podcast. And I may or may not be there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you later. Have a great day.